This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. It's Saturday morning. We are a little um, behind schedule this week, listeners, owing to a few things that have um, conspired against us this week, but uh, we're still here. Um, Dave and I usually record this slot on a Thursday night for a little bit of behind the scenes um, footage, but instead we've got our cups of tea. It's early Saturday morning, the sun is shining and it's match day. Um, before we get into that, though, we obviously need to have a quick look back on that disappointing game against Chelsea, particularly that collapse in the second half. So we stole um, non and ever analysis short member Tom Whitaker. Uh, we asked him to give us a few thoughts to um, analyse what went wrong. So let's hand over to Tom and see what he had to say. Hey, it's Tom here. Just with a few uh, observations and thoughts after the Chelsea game. Uh, the quintessential game of two halves, really. Obviously, a really, really good first half performance. Thought we more than matched Chelsea. Where if if any team would have gone in ahead at half time, it would have been us. Uh, you know, we, we defended really well. We looked solid. We had a goal threat, um, and just a shame. You know, a couple of situations didn't quite fall for us. You had Vegor's shot being cleared off the line. I don't think that was ever going to not get cleared, but it was a good little move. Uh, the the cross that Mendy spills that McNeil should should obviously hit the target with um, snatched at it maybe put it over the bar um, and obviously we, we'll talk about McNeil it, it affected his confidence you could see I think for the rest of the game he had the the, the moment where we break away he actually turned Shalabar really nicely and then he just seemed to to not have any idea what to do with it after that he's let he just stops and lets the ball run out Rodriguez is fantastically well to keep it in and then McNeil can't uh, can't find Lennon with that ball. And, uh, you know, the frustration around McNeil's game, obviously, bled into the second half. Uh, and, uh, of course, the second half starts with uh, him getting absolutely turned inside out by, it has to be said, not exactly stellar footwork, I didn't think, from Reese James. He didn't have to work too hard to make the space for himself. Sells McNeil a treat, um, and then the shot does come through under the three, four players into the corner as well. No chance for Pope. And, obviously, that goal right at the start, the start of the second half really rocked us from playing as well as we perhaps have done all season in that first half. 
we looked as bad as we have all season in that second half. It was one of those games where you really don't feel that the the minimum requirement of maximum effort was being put in um, for those sort of 10, 15 minutes after the break. Heads went down, you know, not tracking runners, giving people free headers. I mean, that second goal was just so, so weak from start to finish, you know, so easy to get the crossing from the left-hand side. Roberts lets it go over his head. Pope doesn't even move for the for the header. Um, and it, obviously it culminates in a, a really disappointing uh, second-half performance and a heavy defeat. That being said, you know, while it wasn't a good performance, um, it doesn't define our season by a long chalk. Chelsea, obviously, the world champions, um, a really good side. We were always expecting to lose that. You know, we, we could have put in a great second-half performance and still lost that game. You know, you saw against Liverpool, we played well and, uh, and we didn't get anything. The, the blows to, to the goal difference is disappointing, but then, you know, well, you look at what happened to Everton on Monday night and actually we have not really lost much ground at all. Brentford won and everyone else around has lost. So, uh, from that point of view, getting a difficult fixture out of the way and, and not losing too much ground in the, in the relegation race gives you a bit of cause for optimism, I think. Obviously, if we play that as badly as we did in the second half um, in the remaining games, then we're not going to give ourselves much chance. But if we play like we did in the first half, we're going to give better teams than Chelsea again. So, yeah, for me, while it was disappointing and obviously we all came off the second half feeling very dispirited, that's just part of that and move on now. We've got a really good opportunity on Saturday. Um, I'm recording this uh, on Thursday evening. Um, at half-time, some of the some of our relegation rivals are play, playing and the results are all going our way so far. Watford are getting battered. Norwich are losing. Leeds 1-0 down at half-time as well. So, assuming those scores stay as they are, then that's that's been a really good evening for us. And we're playing Saturday and a lot of our relegation rivals are playing Sunday. So if we can get three points on the board, um, then we're gonna the table's going to look really good for us and we're going to put pressure on those teams below us, especially with, uh, with us still having those games in hand as well. So, yeah, reasons to be cheerful as long as we can get that result against Brentford. If we get a win, it will be it'll be massive. It really will be huge, um, especially with a few weeks then to, for our players to rest, get people back from injury, Vidra, Ben Mee. Um, perhaps get a bit more fitness into Cornet as well. Uh, it could be a really good opportunity for us. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. I'm going down. I'm sure we've we've sold out, and it's going to be a great atmosphere. Let's hope it's uh, a performance like the first half and not the second half. Come on, you Claret. Okay, well, best not to dwell on that too much, Dave. It's gone. We always say this on the on the the previous show. The beautiful thing about football is that there's always another game, and indeed we do, um, and it's a big one today. Um, so let's get some housekeeping matters out of the way, and we will look at previewing today's crunch match. Um, and the first one of those is, of course, is a quiz answer. Before that Chelsea match, you set our listeners the following quiz question, which was. Prior to this weekend, which players scored for Burnley the last time the Clarets beat Chelsea at Turf Moor and what was the year? Now, Dave, this was a bit of a stinker and I certainly didn't know the answer to these. So what we want from you is A, the correct answers and B, any successful listeners who managed to get it right. Yeah, well, the correct answers were uh, Billy Hamilton scored twice and Terry Donovan got the other goal. Uh, that was a match which finished Burnley 3, Chelsea 0 on the 23rd of April 1983. 
Uh, although that victory wasn't uh, enough to save us from relegation, uh, we went down at the end of that season, unfortunately. And we had to wait a while until the 2009-10 season uh, before our paths met with Chelsea again in the league. Um, and I think we stumped everyone with this. I've not seen any uh, correct answers through, so we've uh, stumped, stumped our listeners on this question. Yeah, you certainly did. Every now and again, you do do that. Well, don't be disheartened, listeners, um, because you don't have to wait very long for another quiz question. Along with football matches, that's the beauty of the preview show you just need to wait for another episode so all you need to do is stick around to the end of this recording and we will give you this week's quiz question premier league head to head well let's get on to the main event shall we dave of course it is a massive massive game i don't think this is a six pointer i think this is a 456 point again it is of course that crunch relegation game the bottom of the table brentford away saturday the 12th of march today 3pm kickoff, not televised anywhere in the UK, which will come as no surprise to anybody, I think. Um, we're going to start, as we always do, with the history of this section, Dave, which we might have a slight problem with. Uh, yes, slightly. We don't have any Premier League games to look at, which is what we normally do this section um so we're going to do back a little bit further uh, in the real uh, we did mention in the match preview is our first ever premier league game between the two teams uh, before this campaign brentford had spent five seasons in the top flight uh, they were the four seasons immediately prior to the second world war and the one just after it but they were relegated in 1946-47 with burnley going the other way we were promoted back to the top flight uh, at the end of that season uh, and changed places with them um, and this is the first ever season our past have crossed in the top tier of English football. They've had quite a wait to come back. That's uh, 74 years. We thought our wait from 1976 to 2009 was a long one of 33, but Brentford fans have certainly had to be uh, very patient. Uh, so instead, we're going to take a brief look back at our away trips to play at Brentford since the year 2000. Uh, in April 2000, Burnley were pushing for promotion. Uh, we trailed 1-0 at half-time to a goal from Lloyd Wusu, but three goals in a devastating 15-minute spell, two from John Mullin and one from substitute Ian Right, 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 held Burnley to a 3-2 win. Uh, Scott Marshall scored late on for the hosts. Um, and then in January 2003, second half goals from Robbie Blake, Paul Cook and Glenn Little ensured we won 3-0 in an FA Cup fourth round tie. Uh, and then in January 2016, we were treated to a magnificent Friday night in front of the Sky TV cameras. Uh, and that meeting at Griffin Park is also the focus of our next section, the memory match. Excellent. Well, why don't you delve straight into that then, Dave, and start with that memory match. Memory match! Uh, yeah, after a little bit of a wobble around Christmas, uh, Burnley put a 3-0 defeat against Hull City on Boxing Day behind them. Uh, after that, the Clarets promotion juggernaut moved effortlessly into top gear and we showed the rest of the division just who was most deserving of a place in the top flight. Uh, there were some very memorable performances during the second half of the 2015-16 season, but the first 45 minutes at Griffin Park were absolutely sensational. Uh, you may recall that there was some controversy prior to kickoff uh, as Brentford's central defender James Tarkovsky was left out. Uh, there have been some links to other clubs, including Burnley, and he would eventually join the Clarets a few weeks later at the end of the January transfer window. Uh, Burnley played some blistering football and there were some well-taken goals from Scott Arfield and George Boyd with a masterful Joey Barton free kick in between. 
We had to catch our breath at half time. Such had been the dominance in the first 45 minutes. Uh, the second half was slightly more subdued and Alan Judge pulled a goal back for the home side. But it was a magnificent away win and just one of many we would enjoy in the second half of that memorable 2015-16 season, which ended with Burnley lifting the trophy as championship champions. God, I loved that season. Particularly that second half. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give to give another season like that. On this day! Um, what about on this day then, please, Dave? What do we have for that? Uh, we've got a bumper collection of 27 Ooh. past matches on the 12th of March, and we're going to pick and choose this time and focus more on the wins, of which there have been 10 on this date in years past. Like uh, after it. After a draw and two defeats in our first three games on the 12th of March, we strung together three consecutive home wins in the 1920s. Those home wins were a 1-0 victory over Arsenal in 1921, a 2-1 win over Bolton Wanderers in 1923, both in the league, and then a 3-1 win over Swindon Town in the FA Cup in 1924. Following a draw and a defeat, Burnley's fourth win on this date was a 2-0 home victory over Swansea Town in 1938. Uh, we suffered a 1-0 away defeat to Huddersfield Town in 1949, but won both our games for the 1950s. In 1952, Les Shannon scored the only goal in a 1-0 win at Manchester City. Uh, Burnley's Billy Elliott was sent off late in the game, a rare event in those days, uh, by referee Fred Thurman, not for a bad challenge, but for what was described as a look of intent. Oof. And in 1955, Bill Holden scored both goals in a 2-0 home win over Sheffield Wednesday. In 1960, Burnley contrived to let a three-goal lead slip in the FA Cup, as visitors Blackburn Rovers scored three goals in the last 15 minutes, starting with a controversial penalty uh, to draw 3-3 and earn a replay, which Burnley eventually lost. Uh, our next two games on the 12th of March were both 1-0 home wins, as Willie Morgan scored the only goal against Newcastle United in 1966, and Malcolm Smith did the same to Sheffield United in 1977. In 1983, Turf Moor hosted an FA Cup sixth-round tie against Sheffield Wednesday. Burnley were awarded an early penalty, but Steve Taylor's weak spot kick was saved. Gary Bannister scored for the visitors, but Tommy Cassidy netted the equaliser just after half-time, and the tie went to a replay, which Burnley lost 5-0 at Hillsborough. Two years later, in 1985, Ray, De Ray Deans scored late in the game to give visitors Doncaster Rovers a 1-0 win at Turf Moor. Uh, that just leaves us with 10 more matches on this date between 1988 and 2017. But these 10 games have only resulted in two victories. In 2005, we managed a 2-1 home win over Rotherham United uh, with goals from Tony Grant and Frank Sinclair. Um, all, th all three goals were scored in the first 15 minutes with Burnley trailing after four minutes before finding the net twice in the next 10. And in 2016, there was another impressive away performance and victory against Huddersfield Town as goals from Stephen Ward and Sam Vokes, as well as a trademark Ben Me header, helped hey. us to a 3-1 win. Uh, with all the goals coming in the first half. Um, our most recent match on 12th of March five years ago in 20, was in 2017 and was a 2-1 defeat to Liverpool at Anfield. Uh, despite taking an early lead through Ashley Barnes, the home side came back with goals from Jorginho Wijnaldum and Emre Chan. So to summarise, our overall record on the 12th of March is played 27, won, drawn 7, lost 10, with 36 goals for and 39 against. Good stuff. Scouting report. Well, 
let us get right back up to the present, shall we, Dave? Because we finished with that history section. So why don't you talk to us about what's happening here and now, starting with our scouting report? Yeah, well, in addition to the players that arrived at Brentford over the summer, they also brought in a couple of new faces during the January transfer window. Uh, the name that grabbed all the headlines was the arrival of free agent Christian Eriksen, who is now able to resume his career after suffering a cardiac arrest at the Euros last summer. He's now been fitted with an implant, which is effectively a mini defibrillator, and has been cleared to play. Uh, he made his debut coming off the bench in Brentford's 2-0 home defeat to Newcastle, and then started in their 3-1 win at Norwich City last week. Uh, they also brought in former Town and Everton goalkeeper Jonas Lossel. Uh, Thomas Frank has used a 3-5-2 formation for most of the season. Although he's switched to a back four for their two most recent Premier League games and may be tempted to stick with this formation to match up against Burnley. Uh, in terms of injuries, they're still missing Tariq Fosu and Julian Jeanvier through injury. following his red card against Newcastle. This is from Ivan Tony, who, as well as being Brentford's top goal scorer with nine, is also their leading point scorer in the FPL with 95. Well, you've heard our thoughts, listeners, about our opposition today, but we do like to give you a bit of balance here on the preview show, and we like to do that by speaking to our opposition fans. And we are delighted once again to be joined by long-term friend of the show, uh, Billy Grant, who has given us his thoughts from the Besotted Brentford podcast ahead of today's fixture. Opposition View. Hi, Burnley fans. This is Billy from Besotted Podcast. Thanks for having me on. No, nay, never. Again, it's always a pleasure to come onto your podcast and uh, chatting to you on the eve of a, a massive game, actually. A massive six-pointer. Both our teams want to get the six points from this game. It's not three points, it's a six-pointer, as we say, um, because it's so huge. So, yes, I think there's going to be a lot of nerves and there's got a lot of people in the pub very early on on Saturday. We'll be in the Globe in Brentford, which is the place we always used to drink, and we'll be inside there nice and early having a few beers and getting ourselves ready for the game. So listen, game on Saturday. I mean, what's it about? Brentford. I mean, let me just come back to where we've been at. I mean, since we played you, I mean, I've got to talk about that game that we played you. I mean, I'll have to first of all say um, it was a, it was such a day out because it was, uh, there was what's a real replacement service, I remember, on that one. And we thought, oh, that's going to be a bit of a laugh because we have a right good laugh on the train, have a few beers and a few drinks and have some jokes and, you know, all, all sort of kind of getting together, a bit of camaraderie. And then we'll get up to Burnley and then we watch a game and they come home and it was the worst day out ever I mean the train took five hours or nearly six hours to get there it was cold it was wet it was rainy you know it, it took about two buses and a train and a bar oh, it was a horrendous like you know and eventually when we got there we walked inside the stadium and Burnley for some reason turned into Barcelona for the day I don't know what was going on there but they were I thought they were brilliant Absolutely brilliant. They were playing the ball on the deck. They were, you know, really pressing us hard. You know, Chris Wood had the game of his life. I thought Maxwell Corne was absolutely fantastic. You know, and we just put our hands up. You know, as Brentford fans said, we've got absolutely done on that day. We went back. It took us another six hours to get home as well. So it was. Uh, it wasn't the best day out. It's got to be said. And even though we do kick football out of football, and normally, you know, the beers before and the beers after is what we've always done to sort of kind of make our day out 
good. That day, the, the, the kick football out of football didn't really work for us that day. So fair play to Burnley. And I thought that you'd actually really kick on after that. And I was really surprised when somebody told us on our podcast, we besotted Pride of West London, Pride of West dot London, you'll check that out. Um, I was really surprised when somebody said to me that you actually didn't win for, until fairly recently after that game as well, because I just thought that you look, you look, you look great. So I, I don't know what was going on there. But since then, you know, Brentford, that was right in the middle. Actually, it was right in the big beginning of our period where, in effect, we um, we had a load of injuries. Uh, our goalkeeper, David Ray, got injured the day before we played you um, at Leicester at home. Um, so he came off injured. And so we had our first game where we had our, our goalkeeper, Fernandez, who was our reserve goalkeeper, who I think we picked up on loan from somewhere in Spain. We didn't know much about him. And he was parachuted in for that game. And I'm not making any excuses um, for ourselves. And everyone gets injuries, I know. But I didn't realise how much a difference a goalkeeper out of your side is going to make. Because in the next sort of 10, 15 games, he you could just see the difference in our team, in the way that we played, in the way that our defence had sort of confidence inside him. He made some mistakes. The defence made mistakes. The team was just looking like a different team than it did in the first couple of months of the season. So we kind of bumbled our way through, got a few results, but we also got a lot of really bad results in that time and our form plummeted and uh, everyone who's been fawning about Brentford and you've probably heard it oh Brentford are the best team in the world and all this kind of stuff which is not true it's just that we've come into this league very enthusiastic and we've been having right good fun and all of a sudden things are tailed off quite massively and the injuries that we thought that we might get in January and February actually turned up in October so we had you know obviously Joshua Silva's been out for a year we had uh, all our, all sorts of defenders out I think we were down to our sixth centre-back at one stage Charlie Good who actually played up at your ground as well so he was actually in defence you know Ivan Tony was out you know um, Brian and Bumo was out you know I think uh, uh, Sergi Canos was out you know Rico Henry was honestly we had so many injuries and, and it really rocked us at that stage but we still managed to get uh, you know a fair few results in that period you know we got we beat Watford which was a, a key game to have beaten them we also beat Aston Villa as well at home and then we just basically was fingering the damn time trying to get whatever else we can get out of that and uh, it, it, it hasn't been the best couple of months of watching football and I have to admit you know being a person who's been watching Brentford play in the lower echelons of the football league for 40 odd years everyone's told us like you know the Premier League is just very different, you know, when you first go up there and it's like, you know, you start to celebrate when you've won one game and, you know, we're celebrating sort of winning one game a month or one game every six weeks, which to me is, well, actually we haven't even won a game in two months before that Norwich game. And uh, it is very different, I have to admit, and it's, 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 it can be quite soul-destroying. And uh, if you start off on a bad run, like some teams have had, I, mean, I could imagine how soul-destroying it must be for them. So we've just been mucking in there and just trying to get in there, but... We've had a, a, a number of plus points because I've always said, and I said that, you know, I didn't ever think that we're going to go down. We still might do, but I didn't think we will because I think that we've got enough uh, fuel in the tank. As we've got some decent players and I think they're all going to be starting to come back from injury. And I thought they were going to come back in April. So I was very surprised when David Raya actually came back from injury uh, about a month ago, about three or three or four weeks ago for the Everton FA Cup game, actually. He came back at the beginning of February. And that was after the substitute goalkeeper, Fernandez, who played against you and then he played about another 10 or 12 games. We ended up having to buy another substitute keeper. So we bought another subkeeper in from 
Denmark to replace the subkeeper that we had. So that was kind of the situation we were in. And then the subkeeper that we brought in, actually, I don't think he actually made a save. I think he let in about sort of nine goals or something like that. And he actually didn't make a save in any of the games that he uh, played in. And then David Raya came back and we went, hey, David Raya's back. So, um, yeah, so that's the situation. So Raya's come back and he was a bit rusty to start off with. But all of a sudden we could see the, 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 oh, what a difference he makes to our side. And he was fantastic uh, in a few games. And, and he played against Norwich last week. And he, he really was the difference with us sort of possibly going a goal behind, which we could have done in a, in a couple of occasions. But him keeping the clean sheet, then us going a goal ahead. And for the first time in ages um, since the Everton game in uh, November, and Everton, I have to say, are probably were the worst side that we've played this season as well. Um, that was, so we went ahead in the Everton game. And other than that, that, I think this is the only game we've actually got ahead in. You know, so, uh, so that was quite interesting, which is, the, which is the Norwich game. So we played Norwich on Saturday. Um, very different side. Then before we were playing on the front foot, we had a lot of confidence. Christian Eriksen, who you've obviously heard a lot about, it's been great to actually see him in the side. He made his first start for the Bees as well. And, and he looks brilliant. You know, it's just kind of what we need. A player who puts his foot on the ball, he's got confidence on the ball. He plays some fantastic passes. And you can see that he's just giving our side confidence, which we've been massively lacking. So, uh, yeah, it's in that Norwich game. OK, we got two penalties and Ivan Tony scored another goal. So a hat-trick in the Premier League, which is great for Ivan Tony as well. But it's been it's just been unbelievable for our, con- uh, for our confidence. And uh, I went down to that game. I actually didn't get there till half time because my daughter had a, a football match actually at Gunnersbury Park, which is literally right next to Brentford. And I had to watch a game in the semi-final of the Cup and then jump on the train. And I got down to Norwich at half time and I got there for all the second half celebrations and shenanigans. So that was, uh, that was good fun, actually. So I had a really good day out at Norwich and we got that result. But we know... The game against Burnley is a massive game for both of us. Uh, we know that we're never going to underestimate you, Burnley, as a team because you could pull out results out of the hat. You got that result against uh, Tottenham the other day. You also know how to... Um I'd love to dig in and dig in hard. You've been in this division for years, so you you, you know you know fools, and there's no messing about. So we're not going to take this uh, this game lightly. I mean, there's a little bit of a fear from me because at home it's not definitely not Fortress Griffin Park as we used to have at our old stadium. This isn't a fortress at this stadium here. So you know we've had a few decent results here, but you know if we go behind, we find ourselves having to sort of dig ourselves out of a bit of a hole, and we've been going behind very many times this season. I think over twenty times a season, probably even more more than that you know um, this season so we're going to have to get ourselves on the ball to make sure we don't do that but saying that you know the players are our defence is looking much better than it has been doing over the past couple of months since our players have come back and David Rea is back you know like I said Christian Eriksen is in Josh De Silva is going to be out for this game because he got suspended you know Sergi Canos is going to be back um, I'm not sure where he's going to play actually um, he might be playing as I'll probably be playing as, 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 as a wing back again possibly or, or we might go for Roslev in that position I'm not quite quite sure but I think there's a bit of a positivity going on with the bees at the moment now so I think a lot of the fans after that last Norwich result are feeling a little bit more positive so on our podcast like I said you can check it out Pride of West London um Laney went for a one all draw Ali went for a one nil win and I went for a two nil win for the mighty bees so that's kind of where our heads are at you know you can see we're sort of slightly tentative but we're thinking that we might 
get a, a little, you know, we might get the points here if we do what we did last week at Norwich. But anyway, listen, enjoy the game. Come down to Brentford. There's loads of pubs in the area, in the queue area, and also in the old Brentford area as well. Just check out besotted.com. We will have a pub guide on Friday where you can check out all the pubs, 20 plus pubs down there. Come and enjoy yourselves. Kick football out of football, as we say. And as they say, may the best team win. And uh, if that's Burnley, then hopefully Brentford will win. Anyway, thanks for inviting us onto your podcast, No Nay Never Crew, and I will catch up with you very, very soon. Thank you. Okay, Dave, referee, who's going to be officiating, please? Uh, We've got Paul Tierney of Wigan. He's going to be making the journey down south with us to uh, West London, not literally, uh, to take charge (laughs) on this Saturday afternoon. Um, He's already refereed two Burnley games this season. Uh, Both of those games were, unfortunately, away defeats against teams who were in and around us towards the bottom of the table. Um, as well as being the referee for our 1-0 defeat at Newcastle United in December, he was in charge at Ellen Road for our 3-1 defeat in January. Uh, prior to that, Burnley had won two and drawn one of his previous three matches over the previous two seasons. Um, overall, there have been six Burnley wins from his 16 games in charge, with three draws and seven defeats. Uh, there's been just one dismissal in those 16 games, and that was an odd one to say the least, as he controversially sent off Brian Stock at Barnsley following two yellow cards as we exited the FA Cup after a 1-0 defeat. And finally, for this section, Lee Mason has been selected to be the video assistant referee for this match. Good stuff. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Well, I know you don't like to leave it there, Dave, because I know you like to uh, treat our listeners. So why don't you please delve deep into those pockets of yours and let our listeners have your miscellaneous stat of the week? Yeah, this week's stat of the week is related to uh, Premier League away wins. Uh, To date, Burnley have won 30 away games in the Premier League and 10 of those victories, exactly one third, have been against clubs located within the M25. To date, we've beaten Crystal Palace three times, Watford and West Ham twice, and we've had just one away win at Arsenal, Chelsea and Fulham. Burnley's win percentage in Premier League away games now stands at just a smidge over 20%, meaning that on average, travelling Clarets fans will experience one win once in every five away or approximately four in a, uh, with just one away win so far this season. That was the uh, excellent victory at Brighton. Hopefully. Um, good stuff. Sorry, I lost you there for a brief moment, Dave. Hence, there was a little bit of a gap there. I, I lost the signal. I thought you disappeared on me, but you're not. You're still here. Um, well, you know what I'm going to say tonight, don't you, Dave? Um, because this is the long-running debate between you and I on the preview show is this week the week where we get you to concede that this is a must-win game? Are you still there, Dave? Can we hear you? I, I'm here, yes. I said, no, it's definitely not a must-win game. <laughs> sorry. Listeners, I'm so sorry. We seem to be having a few few gremlins here. I can't hear Dave. We've all gone a little bit We've all gone a little bit quiet here. I'm sat here twiddling my thumbs thinking, where's Dave gone? Um, oh, Dave, of course it's a must-win game. Why isn't... Tell us, listeners, why isn't it a must-win game? Well... Um, the Orient game, that was a, a must-win game. When we played uh, Plymouth in 1998, uh, that was a, at the end of the season, that was a, a must-win game. Um, we know that we've got a limited number of games left. I think we've got 12 games left, and I think six of those are against teams in the rounders at the bottom. We're going to have to win some of those games, but 
Yeah, including in this one. Including this one. <laughs> well, it would be very nice if we won this one. Yes, that would. Uh, that well, that would uh, close the gap to them. It would take the pressure off us, move us slightly up the table, put pressure on to Leeds and Everton. Um, but in isolation as a single game, it is not a must-win game. Well, I vehemently disagree with you, Dave. Um, I'll tell you what, I looked at the table last night when I was looking at this. Um, we've, we've got to look at today's game in the context of the fact that Leeds are playing Norwich. And at the moment, it certainly looks like teams who are playing Norwich are getting a free run at three points. So let's work on the assumption that Leeds are going to beat Norwich today. That puts them on, I think, 26 points. Um, Burnley are only on 21 points and Brentford are on 27 points. Um, if we just draw against Brentford today, that puts that leaves the table with Brentford on 28, Leeds on 26 and Burnley only on 22 and we are running out of games. Um, so to me, a draw just isn't enough. It's not enough to say that this is a must not lose. If we win today, that puts us on 24 points, keeps Brentford on 27 and Leeds on 26. And we have two games in hand on those sides. So actually, I don't think we do it on, on Leeds, we do it on Brentford. So that to me absolutely puts it in the category of must win. Um, do we, what do we think about the likely starting formation, Dave? Do we think there's going to be any changes from Saturday? Um, I think, if anything, we're probably likely to stick with the same side. We know now from the press conferences that uh, Ben Mee um, won't be risked. Um, I think they'll, they'll, obviously, we've got a three week gap after this game. They'll be looking to get him fit for the uh, Manchester City game after the, uh, well, enforced break and then the international break. Um, and in terms of other players coming through, I'm not sure that we're necessarily going to make any changes. I, mean, I suppose the the other one might be um, Jack Cork. That might be a, another possibility in terms of a, a tinker to the uh, to the starting eleven. But we, in terms of other players, um, Matty Vidras had a, a is it dislocated elbow? He's or twisted his elbow, um, so he's going to be out for a little bit longer. Um, Eric Peters is uh, still out. Um, so, if anything, we're going to have a very similar side, I think, to the one that um, that played last Saturday. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I am definitely pushing for for Cork to come in in that central midfield. I just thought that week where we got seven points from nine, and we obviously the landscape completely changed. It, it was no surprise to me that that Cork played a key part in that. So, so let's go. We'll go on then, Dave. Give us a score prediction. Um. I'm I'm torn between a draw and sneaking an away win. No, come on, do it, Dave. Be positive. I think it's more likely to be a draw oh, than a one-one draw. No, stop it, stop it. What are we? You know what? This is a third season of the preview show, listeners. I've still not managed to drag young Dave into our positive mindset. Um, I'm going to go for Clarets win. I'm going to go for a comprehensive Clarets win. I think it's going to be three nil. Um, we can't say it's a Ben Mee header, but actually we're banned from saying those anyway. Um, who's going to score? I think Veghorst and Corner will both be on the score sheet. And I think uh, Brownhill. I'm going to say with the Brownhill. Um, listeners, you know the drill at this part of the previous show. We want your score predictions, actually. Um, you might not be able to squeeze them in before the game, but do tweet us if you can. Send us a message at... Um, sorry, tweet us at None and Ever. Put a comment on our Facebook page or you can email us at previewshow at nonanever.net. Uh, I'm sorry, listeners, my phone started ringing then. It's a bit chaotic this morning, Dave, isn't it? This is what happens when we're late recording and it's a Saturday morning we're all out of sync. Um, so, yes, and, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm thrown. So, go on, listeners, yes, yeah, send us your preview, please, ahead of today's game. Now, Dave, FPL, 
as we said in the Chelsea preview, we're a bit all over the place, aren't we? So what are our plans for an FPL update, please? Um, yeah, we've got a three-week gap before our next match. That's the home game against Manchester City on April the 2nd. And we're going to try and bring you a separate FPL update episode during the break to uh, tie you over. I think there's games going right through until Thursday. So perhaps we'll record something next Friday and then get it out for the, the weekend. Obviously, it won't be a, a Burnley game. But if we can get a, a podcast out there, an FPL special, and um, see if we can get some contributions from some of our best-performing FPL managers as well. Yeah, definitely. That would be some. That would be good because obviously we're not going to have any football content for a few weeks. So let's get that arranged. Keep an eye out on socials, listeners, and we will let you know when we have something for you. Statman Dave's quiz question. Um, okay, then, Dave. We've got one last thing to do. Then um, we've got a quiz question. What little nugget have you decided to leave our listeners with this week? Uh, yeah, this week's quiz question. I think you're going to like this one. Um, the question is, who was the last Burnley player, other than Ben Mee, to score a winning goal with a header in a Burnley 1-0 win at Turf Moor? Oh, wow. the opposition? Oh, what a question. I love it. I do love how the Ben Mee headers become a bit of a, a theme. I think we can trademark it, Dave. I think Ben Mee might have some rights over that, but you never know. We might try and steal that one. Well, um, how do our listeners submit their answers, please, correctly or incorrectly? Uh, yeah, you can tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at no never. You can email us preview show at no never.net or reply to the post for this preview show on either the no never Facebook page or on YouTube. Good stuff. Um, finally, then, community news. What have we got to leave our listeners with before we let them take a deep breath and get in the right frame of mind for this Brentford game? Uh, yeah, just a quick heads up, really, for what's in the pipeline during the next three weeks. We've mentioned already about the uh, PL special we're going to do. There's a couple of other things as well on the uh, on the back burner. Um, one of the specials we're planning during the extended break after this Saturday's match at Brentford is a feature on a new book from Burnley fan and author Dave Thomas. His latest Burnley FC-related publication is due to be released by Pitch Publishing at the end of March. Um, he's already published over 20 Burnley FC books. I think this is number 24 or 25. Uh, and this, this time he's heading back to the 1980s to provide some insight about a turbulent time at Turf Moor, which resulted in the appointment of a very high-profile manager and includes some of the inside stories from that time, including the diaries of Burnley FC director Derek Gill. Um, we're also hoping to bring you more details about an event that's planned to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Burnley's fourth division title win in 1991-92. Uh, that event is a dinner to raise funds for the captain for that season, John Pender, who's been diagnosed with MND. Uh, we're hoping to hear from at least one player and maybe more who were involved that season and who will be there at the anniversary dinner at Turf Moor on the 30th of April. Good stuff. Yeah, they, they keep keeping us busy, Dave. Here's me thinking we were going to have the luxury of three weeks off. But no. Oh, no. No, Dave's, Dave's cracking that whip and, and we're getting some work done. Um, well, that is that is all we've got time for, listeners. We're going to leave it there because, you know, you guys have got to get to Brentford and everybody's got to get in, in, in game, game face ready. Um, my thanks as ever go to everybody who's contributed to creating the preview show, to Billy Grant at Bissotted Brentford for their opposition view, Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements, to Tom, Tom Claret, um, who's nipped over from the analysis show to contribute to the um, Chelsea analysis. Uh, producer Matt, of course, who has um, given up his Saturday morning to very quickly uh, edit this and get it out to you. 
Um, and of course, Dave Roberts for researching our preview short episodes and bringing you all these fantastic wealth of stats. Um, the preview show is Dave Roberts. It's his brand, it's his baby, and he does a significantly good job of doing it. Um, last but by no means least, thanks to you, the listener, for taking time to join us on this episode. Your support is very much appreciated, and we would not be here without you. Um, we will be back uh, next week at some point. Um, when we start looking at some FPL specials. So keep an eye out on socials for those. And the analysis uh, show will be back next week looking at Brentford and basically looking ahead to the relegation running with those three weeks off. So do not miss that. It's going to be an um, emotional one, I think. Um, Godspeed to all travelling clarets if you are on your way down to Brentford and everybody do take care of yourselves and of others. Um, one final point from us, um, the known and ever team and everybody associated with us, of course, are horrified with the conflict that's going on in Russia um, and Ukraine. Um, our thoughts and prayers are with all of the Ukrainian people and we hope for a swift end to this pointless and horrendous conflict um we will be looking at how you can support ukraine in the next coming weeks as well so we'll get some things out on social media there but in the meantime we firmly stand with the people of ukraine i've been natalie bromley this has been the preview show brought to you by the known and ever podcast until next time Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.